Verse number one, Paul wrote, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of all God's done for us, I'm obligated to submit myself to him, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. The will of God. Boy, it's important to know that. Amen? So, Father, as we fast and pray and give, we are believing to hear a word from you. Because we need a word from the Lord today. Individually, we need that. Collectively, we need that as a church. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. The compass was discovered, legend tells us, in China. An individual melting iron ore placed a drop of molten iron on a leaf floating in a pond. And the leaf turned and pointed true north. And every time he placed another drop of molten iron and another leaf on the pond, the leaf would begin to turn and point true north. Inwardly, God has designed into us a compass. The Word of God calls this force the Holy Spirit. Because for the believer, he will lead and guide us into all truth concerning how we should live. The Holy Spirit working in us doesn't have to guess what direction is right. He does not hope for right direction. The Holy Spirit knows the direction we should take. Often we have the problem of not knowing how to listen to the voice of the Lord. Because God has a voice. Amen? When God is revealed to us for the very first time in Scripture... He revealed that he has a voice. Jehovah is a God who speaks. Genesis 1, then God said. God has the ability to tell humans what we need to hear and to disseminate his will to us. So watch. Adam said this, I heard your voice in the garden. God's voice was known by Adam as God came daily to converse with Adam. Then watch the diabolical plot of Lucifer as he interrupts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He slithers into the garden and says to Adam and Eve, Has God indeed said, spoken? The very first thing we learn about Satan, he wants to cut us off from the voice of God. To cut us off from hearing This is the will of God. And the story continues to unfold in Scripture of how God speaks. God spoke in a clear voice to Moses in the desert. Hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, that bush that was not consumed on fire. God's voice spoke out of it. The children of Israel feared when they heard the thundering voice of God. Then their reaction was this. They said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Sin in our hearts and Satan's influence will cause us 
to fear hearing the voice of God. Don't listen to the voice of God concerning your relationship. Because if you listen to the voice of God, it will kill that relationship. God's voice will never kill anything that doesn't need to be killed in your life. When Israel asked that only Moses speak, then God backed up. And God only spoke to his people at that point through his prophets. And every time the prophets spoke to Israel, they would declare, this is what the Lord says. Why? Because God continued and desired to continue to speak to his people. In our day, God continually tries to speak to us. He's verbal. His voice speaks to our spirit. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Wow. So when God speaks to us, he's not speaking to our physical body. When God speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit. That's why you must become spirit sensitive. That's why you cannot afford to just attempt to hear God's voice through your own understanding or through natural abilities. You will miss his direction for your life. To know his voice, that means there must be daily communication. Because God is a God who speaks. And God wants us to become sensitive to his voice. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. So his spirit, Paul's spirit, had become spirit sensitive to what God was saying to him. And Paul was stirred in his spirit man. Your spirit can be stirred by God. Amen? Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And there was a man whose spirit was stirred by God. And he gave a speech there in Washington, D.C. one day that's still commemorated and remembered and replayed. That was a soul-stirring speech. That man heard from the Lord about injustice and unfairness. And he also heard about righteousness and way to treat other human beings. And his spirit was stirred by God. When God is attempting to communicate to you, he will stir your spirit. Have you ever had God stir your spirit? He stirs your spirit and a thought keeps surfacing. And sometimes the spirit of God stirs your spirit because you see injustice and you see unfairness. And your spirit is stirred because the Holy Spirit is stirred when he sees those things. See, and it won't let you go. It's a divine opportunity presenting itself. When I was called by Pastor Long to fly to California to speak to him about pastoring here at Calvary Christian Center, something began to stir in my spirit. It wasn't goosebumps. It wasn't emotional feelings. God stirred my spirit because the Holy Spirit knows how to stir our spirit, become knowledgeable concerning the voice of God sensitive to something God's trying to communicate to us. We sensitize our hearts by washing our hearts in the blood of Jesus on a regular basis, confessing, humbling ourselves, fasting and praying and giving the three things that Jesus said his followers do. 
We also recognize and learn to commune with the Lord through the reading prayerfully and meditation of his word. And here's the result. In Acts 19, these things were accomplished. Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia. Hearing the voice of God is not an emotional response. It's not an intellectual response. This is a spirit-sensitive response. As God leads you to new spiritual horizons, there will be opportunities for you to grow spiritually discouraged unless God's spirit has connected and bonded to your spirit because he puts his spirit into your spirit and he stirs up your spirit until you start dreaming about it and you awaken thinking about it. It does not begin up here. When it's the voice of God, there's a stirring in your spirit. So watch this. And see, Paul said, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Paul was bound in the spirit. What does that mean? I mean, he's wrapped up, focused, absolutely tied. This is where I've got to go. When God has a place he wants you to achieve in him, when he reveals his purpose to you, he will bind that to you. He will bind you with it. And you'll feel a connection to the people, a connection to the purpose, a connection so it's not just a job. It's not just I'm punching a clock, but a connection even to the property that God designs for you to possess. The practical application. We ought to pray about just big things. No, pray about everything. God knows how to bind us in our spirit. I wouldn't just go to a church because it's in my neighborhood or because my, my kids' friends attend there. That's a cultural thing. That's what the culture does. You are a part of Calvary because you are bound in the Spirit. I am bound in the Spirit to Calvary Christian Center. I am bound in Spirit to my wife. Our connection is not just emotional or physical. I am bound in the spirit to her. So search the heart of God and ask him to bind you to the right people, to the right place, to the right focus and purpose God has for you. God doesn't want you groping around in the darkness wondering if you've missed the will of God. I've learned to be still and know that he is God. That ought to be the 11th commandment. Be still and know that I am God which is a very nice way of saying, just shut up and listen. Because we do a lot of this with God. Until we have that peace, should I take that job offer? It's a great opportunity, Pastor. I'll be paid more. Yeah? Is there a spiritual binding in your spirit? By prayer and fasting, You'll either sense a release or a binding. Furthermore, furthermore, Paul said, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit. Wow. Paul said, a huge door opened for me. Seems like I should walk through the door because it opened. I can make more money. It looked good. It felt good. It seemed good. The door was open. And Paul said, but I found no rest in my spirit. Timing. Because God's timing is as, just as equal to his will for your life. So listen up. If you have no rest in your spirit about that relationship, if you keep trying to force it to make it work, I don't care if they're ripped. I don't care how good they look. No matter. 
If you don't have rest in your spirit, when it's right, you will have peace about it. Even though the Lord opened the door, doesn't mean you just jump through that door because the Lord will test you just like he tested Abraham. And in this instance, Paul, even though the Lord opens the door, all the pieces must be in place in the timing of the Lord to step forward. When it's right, all the pieces are in place and you will have rest in your spirit. Those who mess up the most are those who run right over the warning signs and ignore every caution and say, it looks good, so I'm going for it. You have rest in your spirit? If not, slow down. Because what happens, people race ahead instead of being led. There's a difference between the two. Don't just race ahead, but wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's a sense when something is right. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit, come into a sense of agreement. The U.S. Treasury Department trains people to discern the real from the counterfeit. One of their tactics is they'll place trainees in a room and let them feel the real all day long. They get so used to the feel of the real that when they touch the counterfeit, they have a sense there's a problem. If we would spend adequate time hearing the voice of God, the Word of God, when the phony manifests, you'll sense it immediately. And I've met people in churches. I've met ministers. I've gone to many concerts and heard gospel musicians and singers. But I was raised to know the real. And after years of knowing the real, it doesn't take me very long to discern the fake. Is this the anointing or is this just a performance? Is this this entertainment? Nothing wrong with entertainment. Don't pass it off as anointing. It was more important when I grew up to be anointed, and it still should be that I'm anointed. Anointed or nothing but a display of human talent using Christian music. Careful. And it becomes about you not about him. Recently, a well-known church decided to do a rendition of Silent Night. It was more of a Las Vegas rendition than a sacred tribute to a fantastic scenario when Jesus was born. Where's the anointing? Where's the presence of the Holy Spirit? And I don't care how well they sing or how well they play. Listen, if they're practicing sinful deeds if they're practicing a sinful lifestyle, they should not be on a platform ministering to anybody. They need to be ministered to. We must once again become spirit sensitive. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So if you have that sense, you know, you just know it's off. The Holy Spirit is, is ticking that in that direction for you. We need to learn the knot of God's favor on decisions that we're making. We need to pray for his knot of approval, his divine yes, inwardly. And if you don't have God's approval, many times I've watched a lot of believers do this. They attempt to do what Balaam did in Numbers 22. 
When you really want something, you try to talk God into it. Even though God has told you from several directions, slow down, don't go there, right? You try to talk God into it. Balaam really wanted to collect the money being offered. And the deal was, you go curse God's people and I'll put a lot of money in your, in your bank account. He was offered a big amount of money to curse God's people. He said, he said, let me pray about it. And God said to Balaam, no way. So Balaam goes back and says to the one who's making the offer to him, I can't do that. And the man said, I will double the offer if you will curse Israel because they're so powerful. We can't get them off, out of the way and we want them out of our lives. And we, If you'll curse them, I'll pay you double what I promised. So Balaam goes back and he asks God again. And he says to God, God, you're missing it. You need to give me a yes. And God said, no. Balaam went back three times asking, God, are you sure? Remember this about God, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Guess who has to change? Yeah. So finally, God says to Balaam, if you want it that bad, go for it. You never want to hear God say that to you because now you're in very dangerous water, okay? Because if you keep pressing God, I'm going to marry him. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do what makes me happy. God says, okay, it's on you. So Balaam gets on the donkey, and he goes for it, okay? And Balaam rode the donkey to go curse Israel, and the donkey had more sense than he did. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey in a very narrow canyon where he was getting bumped and bruised, Balaam was, on that donkey. And the donkey had more spiritual discernment. Listen, and if a donkey can hear the voice of God, surely God's born-again, blood-bought children can hear the voice of God, especially at major times in our lives. And the donkey opened his mouth. Don't you know that was an unusual conversation? A four-legged donkey talking to a two-legged donkey, okay? And the four-legged donkey said, we don't need to go this way. We're going the wrong way. This is not God's will. How many times God tries to tell us something, and any time a donkey talks to you, and you understand that and what that donkey's saying, it's a sign you're being a donkey because you understand donkey language. Okay? Man. Man, put that in your note file, Pastor Pat. That's a good one. You may need to use that once in a while with some of the students. Right. Yep. Man. You want to be back tonight because I'm going to talk about who you hang around with, right? So Balaam starts kicking the donkey. You need to go. This is what I need to go do. This is what I want to do. This is what people do. Kick what we ought to kiss, okay? Balaam should have dismounted and kissed that donkey on the head 
had enough brains and sensitivity to the Lord to say, thank you. Because if I'd continued down that road, there are some people you ought to go back and kiss. Because had you listened to them, they would have saved you from a lot of heartache because they had heard from the Lord. You need to hear the voice of God so you connect with the right people in the right focus for the right purpose God has for you. We must be led by the Spirit. When we are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always right. Because the Spirit knows the will of the Father, the truth. When you're putting a puzzle together, if you attempt to force the wrong piece into a place, and you're getting flustered, and there are a lot of pieces, and they look alike, and you grow tired and impatient, you say, this piece is close enough. It could fit. And you try to push that piece in and force that piece in. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. Some attempt to make a relationship work, try to make stuff happen for their career, and they start forcing it. Listen, when one piece of the puzzle gets out of place, there are domino ramifications. It means the next piece won't fit right, and the next piece won't fit because you missed it forcing the one piece. When it comes to the will of God, he speaks clearly to us. And it takes some patience to learn to discern his voice among all the clutter of noise that we hear today in our culture. Discerning the voice of God, it takes focus. It takes submission. Do not be conformed to this world. You're hearing all kinds of voices with all kinds of messages. Many of them are anti-biblical, and they're trying to convince you they're justifiable, and that's the high road, and that's the moral road. Listen to me. You need to know what God says more than you need to listen to any other voice. Sometimes because of that, we can miss God's voice because you'll speak with a whisper. But we get distracted by human desire and by other voices and through the deceit of a heart that God calls desperately wicked. And rather than make a mistake, it takes a lifetime sometimes to undo them. Get a witness of two or three spiritually mature leaders. Ask them to pray with you. Then listen to you, listen to them when they give you counsel. Don't go knocking on their door hoping they're going to agree with you. They may not, and you need to hear that. It's amazing how God will reveal his plan. God has the inside information you need, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. He gives you discernment and knowledge, and do you have questions in the beginning of this new year? Are you seeking direction as you pray and you fast and you give? What about that investment? How about this opportunity? You have the ability to access the Holy Spirit who knows all things and he will guide you. You'll know things you're not educated for. You tap into an information source, listen, that the Holy Spirit for things beyond your natural ability to comprehend. The Holy Spirit has access to all knowledge beyond anything on earth. And he gives you unction for your function. The Lord called Samuel, little boy, Samuel. His mother Hannah had prayed for him. And God granted her request. And the deal she struck with God was that if you give me that son, I will give him back to you. So she takes him as a young boy to the temple of the Lord. 
And there he's schooled and mentored by the priests. And the Lord started to speak to Samuel as a young boy. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And then it says, the Lord came and stood and called us at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. I hear what you're saying. And he did what God said. And of all the great prophets, and you can name a lot of them that had powerful gifts and great abilities and did phenomenal ministries and miracles, listen to the life of Samuel. God said about him that every word he spoke, not one of those words fell to the ground because he learned the voice of God and he spoke the word of the Lord. Once we begin to become acquainted with God's voice, distinguish his voice, he will guide you to the right people, to the right focus and the right purpose for your life because God has divine hookups and setups. So many people start developing toxic relationships. They keep getting hooked up with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. Listen, it's possible to know the plan of the Lord and walk in that plan. Paul had to meet his Ananias. He had to meet his Barnabas. He had to meet people who bridged him to his purpose. God has the right people that are, that are connected to your destiny. And when the voice of discernment is activated in your life, you hear distinctly, this is one I have placed in your life for favor. This is a right opportunity. And no one who belongs to the body of Christ should just float through life unfocused. Where are you going? God has divine setups for us. And we miss them because we miss the right people. And we miss the timing of God. And it's burning in my spirit to tell you in 2016, God has divine appointments for you. People you encounter that are much as much sent from God as an angel is sent from heaven. And when Paul met specific people, they took him to the next level that he was destined to arrive at. And Elisha had to connect with Elijah, who took him to his destiny. Timothy had to connect with Paul, who took him to his destiny. And God has people in your life, right people. Not people filled with muddy minds. You better get that message. I preached it last Sunday night. People putting God first, honoring the Lord, people for your business, people for your future to connect with. And and if you would start praying and fasting, God, by his spirit, will guide you into the truth. So we take this passage I gave you last week, and we learn God's ways. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle. God says, don't be like a mule. Stop being stubborn. You have to push a mule. You have to push it to get it to move. You have to get angry with it. The only way I can get you into my will is to pull you, push you into moving in the right direction Don't have God have to say that about your spirit. He said, I want you to become sensitive to my voice, to pray every day, to read my word, to learn from me, to develop a relationship with me. I can send you on a divine mission. 
You can be with people and I can speak to you and you will obey me and speak to them on my behalf that you encounter the right place and the right focus and the right destiny and you become the person I've designed you to be. And it's a matter of saying to God, it's not my will, but your will. And it's always better than mine. That's the posture God's looking for. When God has purpose for you, he also has provision for you. Elijah, I have a widow to feed you in Zarephath. Elijah, I have commanded the birds to feed you by the river. If you go anywhere else, you will starve in this famine. Everybody was starving in the nation. He said, when you're in the right place, I will send you the provision. Because it's God's will, it was God's bill. And when you step into the right place, provision is made. Elijah, when you get in the right place... All the provision you need is going to take care of you. If you choose not to hear my voice, if you choose not to obey what I've asked, provision will still be in the right place, but without you being there, because you wouldn't go there. So when God came into the garden to speak with Adam, and he looked for, for Adam, God asked, Adam, where are you? always when God asks you a question, it's for your benefit. Remember that, not his. God knew exactly where Adam was. Where are you? And when God asks that question, it's because you're in the wrong place. See, in that question was the answer. Where are you, Adam? God knew where he was in the wrong place. You stepped out of your place of blessing. You stepped out of fellowship. See, there are places of blessing. This is a church of blessing. When you step into the place that God has for you in blessing, you're in a zone where God's provision and glory rest on your life. Good things begin to break loose. And in these last days, if we will hear his voice, God will accelerate people into places of blessing. Tell your neighbor, God has places of blessing for you. Amen. And you and you and you. You're doing the will of God, following the Holy Spirit, and a divine hookup happens. But if you had been anywhere else, you'll miss that miracle. So hear this, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And there he'll guide you by his spirit to your Rehoboth, your roomy place of blessing. And he says, trust me, serve me. I will take you to places of blessing. He has places of blessing for his people. He has natural places of blessing. But he also has supernatural places of blessing, all connected to his voice. So coming in your future, 2016, Calvary, if you will seek after God, He knows your needs and he has a good plan for you. And it's bigger than you have imagined. It's exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power. That's the connection of the Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit that works in you. Amen. And his plan is for your children to meet the right people. Because God has already picked their life partner for them. So you ought to pray to the Father about your children's future and their ministries 
and their spouses. Really? Yes. Absolutely. Pray for them to the God who speaks blessing over his children. God has new people coming into your life, new clients for your business. Because you are a chosen people, you are a royal, you are royal priests, you are a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And God is a planner. He has a plan in everything he does, and he has a plan for you. He never does anything by accident or anything on the fly. It's already planned. Even out of tragedy, he has a plan. The mother of John the Baptist knew God's plan for his life before he was born. Samson's mother, Noah, knew God's plan for his life before he was born. My mother were here, she would stand and tell you, I knew before my son was born. Those were in the days when you didn't know what you were having. A boy or a girl, who knew, right? But she knew, I'm going to have a son, and he's going to be in the ministry, and I will give him to the Lord from birth. She knew that. We knew our son would be in full-time service before he was born. We knew that. And you'll understand that when you become a parent who prays for your children. He has a plan for you, and he has a plan for your children. And when you pray in the Spirit, you will learn, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you what he has for your children. Amazing, isn't it? Don't you love that? That's the God I serve who cares enough to bring all these things together for the good of his people who love and serve him. Thank you, Lord. On that note, let's stand and give thanks to the Lord. Come on, give him praise, everybody.